Your show will go live in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Love Talk Radio. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. Back again. Luda. She's meaning to me to each time, baby. Feeling real good, too. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I'm going to blow this industry, man. Someone rather run down and get one cow. Number one. 
Awesome, awesome. I am Dr. Lorenzo D. Smith, the host of Talking Sports Plus. I'm really excited to be here on Wonderful Wednesday, and most folks say hump day. So if you made it through hump day, give me two claps. Say you're having a beautiful day, give me three claps. It's exciting to be with you tonight. I'm so happy to be here again. You know, God has blessed me to be able to come before you with this vessel to put the word out about historical black colleges and universities, high school and middle school athletics in the southeastern part of the United States. So we're going to share some outstanding new, uh, information tonight on our, through our format. So I'm really excited about having that chance to do that. Now, I am the host of the show, but I have four other co-hosts that's joining me, and they're going Gonna join me uh and all come in on the same time because we're not in a studio. I'm in the studio, but they're all over the country. they in other places, if not the state of Alabama, whatever they may be, and they'll join us remote from their site. So they had to call in, and I'll get them uh, up and running so you can hear them. Now, you won't get a chance to see them. You'll get a chance to look at my pretty mug, or ugly mug, however you want to call it. I'm happy with it. God has been blessing, and he's in a blessing business. So if you're not being blessed, that but you but you but you know just just be hold on just hold on a little while longer. All right, the call in number for tonight's show is three four seven eight five seven four one nine two. And if you want to just listen through the listen to the show through the web link, the web link is www.blogtalkradio.com slash the Smithway Production. Now, if you want to communicate with us through email, you can go to talkingsportsplus at gmail.com. If you want to tweet the show, you have that great opportunity to do that. You can tweet the show at Talking Sports Plus with the number one at Lorenza D. Smith with one five at coach K-O-A-C-H underscore L underscore Smith at Tremaine Edward with the number seven at Daryl I'm sorry Elliot at Elliot Daryl with the number one. So you can check us out that way. So I want you to make sure you hit us and hit us hard. Now, I really want you to use the call-in number. That's calling into the show. Now, you don't have to say anything. Just listen. This is a mean of communicating. You can call in. I have uh, 50 slots available for you to call in and just listen. But if something get to burning you inside and you want to be a part of the show, press 1. When you call in, press 1. I identify you with the last four digits of your cell or your telephone number and ask you to tell us who you are, where you're calling from, and jump in with your comments, your questions, as well as your expertise. Now, let's kind of look at what we're going to focus on tonight. We're going to focus on being week three. What did we learn from week three? This Again, this is a sports show, so we're going to talk about historical black colleges and universities. we got a spotlight on that particular area. We're going to look at our coaches' corner. We're going to look at some things on the NFL level. We're going to look at some things on the Division One level, Power 5, Division 2, Division 3. We're also going to go specifically to our college football spotlight, spotlight area. We want to do that as well. And then we're going to get to our high school. We're going to do some rankings. We're going to do some power 25 in the state of Alabama, as well as we're going to do some top tier, top 10 ranking in the state of Mississippi and Louisiana. Now, we had the pleasure of doing Alabama top 10. We had the pleasure of doing Florida top 10. We had the pleasure of doing Georgia top 10. We had the pleasure of doing South Carolina top 10. We had the pleasure of doing Tennessee 
top 10. Now we over to Mississippi and Louisiana. We want to make sure we share those top 10 based on their reporting of their rankings in their state. We're going to do the Power 25 for the state of Alabama and those teams that make up that Power 25. So we have a lot on the schedule tonight. We want to make sure we cover everything. And as soon as each one of my uh, co-hosts join us, I'll make sure I give them a shout out. But let me let you know who I, who, who my co-hosts are. We held, who hails from certain parts of the state, uh, hails from North Alabama. He's uh, known as the King. He's a coach of Chapman Middle School. Has, to his credit, out of seven years, six girls basketball championship. Have three boys championships. And also in football, they have two championship in the last eight years. So they've been playing at a high level up there, and that's our king of our show. That's Coach Tremaine Edwards. He'll be joining us quickly. He have games on Wednesday night, so he do his best to get try to join us as soon as his game. You know, like last week, he was at the last minute. He jumped in, left off with some strong thoughts about what's happening up in North Alabama. Also hails from South Alabama, from Fort Walton Beach, up to Montgomery, from Montgomery to Troy, from Troy to Dothan. He's the conductor of the E-Train. He's the Don King of all things. Our radio personality, none other than Daryl E-Train Elliott. And he'll be joining us now as he step in and step out. Now he's also on his show on, on his radio station and he's broadcasting and he's working with both of us trying to make sure our shows are out there and he's a part of it as well. Also him from Central Alabama. She's the lady of the hour. I talked to her early and she just she's been really struggling, struggling hard. She's working a new job and she's with young people at her middle school. She's our millennial. Again, the lady of the hour. None other than Coach Lauren D. Smith. Then we also have another millennium. He hails from Central Alabama as well. He's coaching at this time at Trinity High School, Trinity Academy, however you want to call it, in Montgomery, Alabama. None other than Cameron Gearman. But I see we have one of our co-hosts joining us right now on the line, and I do appreciate him. I know he had a game uh, this week, and it might have been a day, and he might have just watched, went through it. He want to share some thoughts about it. But the co-host I mentioned, the king out of North Alabama at Chapman Miller School, none other than Coach Tremaine Edwards. How you doing, Coach? How y'all doing? Y'all doing good tonight, man. Doing good, Dr. Smith. Doing awesome. Doing awesome, Trey. I appreciate you joining us. You know, and our, the other guys will jump in in a minute, but we're going to have a great time tonight because we got some topics that we're going to focus on, especially dealing with our historical black colleges and universities, then our college football, our professional football, as well as our high school. We appreciate you joining us, Coach. All right. Let's kinda, You're first. Glad to be here, Bob. Let's, let's kind of get this thing, uh, uh, get it to rolling now. Let's make it do what it do now. Our title for our show tonight is what? We learned from week three. We talked about what was going to happen week week three. Now we're going to show some thoughts about what we learned. We're going to start off with our historical black colleges and universities spotlight. And we'll start off with Alabama A&M University. Win over the University of North Alabama. And Coach 
Elwood, would you like to share your thoughts on that and, and kind of give us some, some expertise on exactly what happened? Yes, sir, Dr. Smith. Um, Starting the game very slow. Um, we were down 18 to 0 uh, early off in the game. Um, got it together and um, ended up winning the game. 20, 20, was it 24 to 21, Dr. Love? Uh, <laughs> I think it was 20. Uh-uh, it was 31 to 21. 31 to 28, 20, it, it was It was 31.8 and had because it was down by 18 and they came back and won the game. You know, the, you know just share your thoughts on that, Coach. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, Played play very well, man. Um, we as in North Alabama, that's a hostile environment going to UNA. Uh, anyway, but uh, we had a lot of inside things going against us. Um, they had um, an issue going uh, about people on the field. Uh, UNA was only allowing a certain number of allocated players that A&M could bring to the game. Anything over those allocated players they was ma- making Alabama A&M pay for a student ticket for the, for the game. Mm. Um, that went on. Um, our coaches didn't get in the press box in time to start a game, waiting on the band to walk by. Uh, police wouldn't let them, you know, go in the press, get out, let the band, you know, stop and let them go. That went on. So um, after the game, um, that, that, well, after the game, Coach Maynard stated that um, we will not, as long as he's the coach at Alabama A&M University, we will not play UNA again. So it, it's a lot. It's a lot of um, lot of, lot of politics going on with that. A uh, lot of stuff going on. Uh, they had a problem with the way our coaches were supposed to wear that language. If you didn't have a lanyard, they was kicking you off when you in the stand. Mm. Um, Coach Maynard um, fussed about. How UNA coaches wore, wore their lanyards on their on the side of their hill, and how they made them wear theirs. They made Alabama and wear their lanyards around their neck. So um, that was an issue for us. But um, Coach Maynard uh, stated on the on the news, Doctor Smith, if, if it's up to me, this is our last year. As long as I'm coaching the Alabama and that that was our last year playing UNA. But um. He and other day, Alabama and them beat Kyle win. But they bounced back after after the loss of Pine Bluff. And I and I watched some Dr. Smith. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this about the Pine Bluff. Okay. Pine Bluff has had a great win in September every year. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say that and be through. No matter how they fuck it out. Last year they 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 messed around and beat Grammar in September shootout, 45-41. That happened last year. So, uh, we're going to see if that was just a, a, a September blunder for A&M and Pine Bluff just was clicking. So, we're going to keep an eye on Pine Bluff and see how they do over there in the sweat western, western side and see how they do over there, Dr. Smith. Awesome. That's all I got. Awesome. Trey, let me ask you a question and maybe we can allow listeners to kind of get an understanding. So, you said that was some... some uh, logistic problems that was going on up at University of North Alabama uh, up there. Well, we'll just say North Alabama. That's the University of North Alabama. 
and it had to do with the coaches, just with their badges, uh, their, uh, their whatever you use to put around your neck to let you know you're a coach. They also had a problem with the elevator where they needed to get up to the press box to get prepared for the game. There was a problem because the band seems to be more important than the coaches getting up, and that was North Alabama band had to pass through, so they had to wait because the police, even I understood, as I read about the story, there's a situation where one of the coaches said the police officer actually told him to get back and put his hand on his gun. So it was very hostile, and Coach Major yes, said that he, yes, he would never play up there. But let me ask you, have there been any problems in the past that may have led up to what you, uh, that university chose to take that route in regards to uh, the logistics of the game? Have there been any other problems between Alabama A&M University and University of North Alabama in the past? Not, not that I know of, Doctor Smith. Um, UNA came to us last year, and they um they beat us right at the end of the game last year. Um, played by one eye guys didn't make a didn't make a play, and, and we ended up losing the game right off that. But um, I don't think nothing happened at Alabama A and M to bring on this because it would have been put in the news. Mm-hmm. But um, that situation that happened was made publicly real quick. Uh, it's been all over Facebook. Um, it's been on the news. Um, Coach Maynard even stated on the on board all night, you know, they do the recap of the game. Uh-huh. And he stated on the game, we'll never go back there. We, we were treated Mr. Um, unfairly. Glad we won the game. We'll never go back. Awesome. So that's more of a home-to-home situation. There's not any money being swapped out like some of these teams you play because uh, uh, North Alabama, they're a division, were they division two? Because I don't think they won double A. I think they're division two. So there's no money being swapped out no more in home-to-home basis. If, if that's the way it works, Coach. Right, typical home-to-home guy. Typical home to home game. So you heard it there. There's some controversy with that situation. Alabama A&M said they would not go back to North Alabama and play them. However, we will congratulate Alabama A&M for winning the ball game. But besides that, showing sportsmanship, they could have got upset. That could have been a real bad situation. But they didn't. They they shared their frustration after the game, after they won the game. So we'll applaud Alabama A&M for winning a critical game. They needed that game because what happened. The week before, uh, when they played uh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, 52 to the 20 or 30 something, it was a big ball game for them because it was a conference game. The game last week, so to come, I'm talking about the week before against Pine Bluff, but to come back this week and win this sort of like a rival because North Alabama is up there close to Huntsville and you're talking about Florence. So they right over probably maybe 50 to 100 miles away from me, maybe less than that. So they are rivals to the sense in North Alabama. So we applaud Alabama A&M University. Let me take a little opportunity to talk about the ASU embarrassing loss to Kennesaw State. Now, I wanted to remind everybody, and I, a lot of people was critical, and I'm a true ASU person. Y'all please understand that, but I am a realist in situations too, and and being a coach of over 35 uh, plus years, I understand when you sometimes outman, and also coming off a a high, I call a high, because when they beat Tuskegee, that was a high 
moment for Alabama State University. And uh, the game started off with uh, uh, simply with a block punt, and uh, Kennesaw got the ball on like the 10 yards, scored quickly. It was 7 nothing. Uh, the next series, Alabama State quarterback threw an interception, pick six. It's 14 and nothing. That's less than five minutes to go in the game. And came right back again and turned the ball over again. And uh, Kennesaw was up 21 nothing with less than, you know, less than eight minutes played in the game. So that game pretty much uh, was signed, sealed, and delivered because let us explain what Kennesaw State and what kind of team they have. Kennesaw State plays FCS just like Alabama State University. That's football championship subdivision. But Kennesaw State has been in existence about eight or nine years as a football team. And they've been able to build a program. They went to the second round or even the third round of the LCAS playoff last year. So we applaud them. And we've been playing them. This is our fourth year playing them in the fourth year losing to them in the same manner. And the final score was up in the 45 or 42 to 7. It really wasn't a whole lot to talk about. And it was embarrassing after having that big high coming off beating Tuskegee in the uh, post-Labor Day classes. So that was one of those situations where you plan a game where you think you're equally matched and you're not. You're standing the same level, which is the FCS, but there are some teams on a higher level than others. So we applaud Alabama State University for playing the game. They, they went out. I don't think they had too many ball players hurt. I, I got some texts from several people said they had like two or three on crutches already. So those are some of the things you have to be kind of weary of because the next game they play, they play Grambling. And when they play Grambling, they got to come with it because Grambling is, as well as Southern's always ranked high up in the conference on the west side, as well as Alcorn and Alabama A&M ranked high on the east side. So you We'll find out who will be in the championship game. But, uh, Brother Trey, can you kind of uh, share some thoughts from some of your friends that are member, that are graduates of Alabama State University? What did they say about the game? Uh, what was their talk? Coach Trey. Um, the talk was basically uh, exactly what you're saying, Dr. Smith. Um, a, a lot of people don't understand, you know, why Alabama State is playing this this money schedule, money heavy. This is a money heavy schedule that Alabama State is playing. Typically, teams come out and they probably swag teams or HBCUs. They come out and probably play two games at the most, Doctor Smith. But for me to set up a home at home game. With a team like Kennesaw State, it, it doesn't make any sense. This this was just a whooping. I don't think this was a money game, was it, Doctor? Uh, Were they being paid for this game? Uh, no, no, they go they go home to home. Home to home. Yeah, and yeah. That, I, that that was a. I don't know what what's the point of this, but like you're saying, Doctor Smith, everybody I know from Alabama State saying they didn't attend. You know. Uh, like I uh, heard a lot of tickets were given away for this game. Alabama State did um, a ticket giveaway to to fill the seats to put in the seats. But as far as playing a team like Kennesaw State, just to be playing, that's ludicrous to me. That I I wouldn't play them. And to come back the week after them, 
to play Grambling, which is a top contender, mm. mostly every year. And every year they're a preseason favorite. If they're not the one team, they the two or the three team. So I, I just don't know about that one. I'm not signing a home-and-home game with a team of that caliber that wins on the level they win on to play. I'm like, I'm not getting this thing out this way. Like, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it because they bring a crowd with them. From what I saw, they didn't bring much of a crowd. They didn't bring a band. Did they bring Chili to talk to them? Uh, I don't remember seeing any. Like they didn't bring Chili. So they just bought these football team and beat you to death. <laughs> beat you to and death. And I'm not going through that, doctor. Exactly. And, and and Trey is sharing with uh, one of the things we're gonna we're gonna talk about. We have a topic that we want to talk about: how we can offset the money games. Like Trey stated, and as Coach Edwards, he stated that Alabama State played UAB the first game. That's a Division uh, Power Five, a Division One team. They played them close, twenty four nineteen. Didn't lose nothing but their quarterback, and the quarterback means a whole lot. Came back, he played Tuskegee. That's a fight for your life. Because that's a rival for for over 80, 90 years. And then you come back and play a Kennesaw State. You know, you're one and two, and you got several players hurt. Now you're going into sort of, I feel like, the meat of the swag schedule because you're playing the top two teams ranked in the preseason poll in the Eastern and the Western Division of the SWAC Conference, which is Southwest Athletic Conference. You're talking about Gramlin, who's ranked at the top up there with Southern, and then on the east side, well, that's the west side with Gramlin and Southern. On the east side, you have Alcorn. Their next game after Gramlin is Alcorn. So think about that. You're one and two, and you're going into playing the meat of the schedule, which is the top two teams. Uh, in the next two weeks, it's a possibility you could be one and four. That does nothing for your fans. That does nothing for your supporters. We're going to support it because we'll go out and buy the, buy the season tickets, but come on now. That's that, that's kind of schedule that creates problems. So this is our next topic we want to talk about. It's more of a question. Should the SWAC, which is the Southwest Athletic Conference, and the MEAC, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference play more games and create more challenges between each team within the conference. And I notice in the schedule there's a couple of them that's playing some of those games right now. So, Trey, I want you to share your thoughts. Should we play more SWAC and MEAC uh, challenges throughout the year, not just one, the beginning of the year, uh, and one at the end of the year when they play sort of like this uh, bowl game. Tell me your thoughts on that, Trey, in regards to the uh, challenge between the MEAC and the SWAC to offset playing these games that you don't have a, a, a chance to win, but they're all about money. Tell me your thoughts about that, Trey. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to put it so much as a SWAC MEAC challenge. Um, I, I'm going to look at the SWAC SIAC because I, I think – Alabama State will be a good rival with mine. I, I, I see that being a good rival. I see Alabama State being a good rival with Morehouse. It's typical teams like that. You you got to look at teams that travel well, that are around you. A lot of those teams are around you. Miles travels well. And, and you, you look at it in a sense where if you're playing a game of Alabama State versus Miles, in a Labor Day Classic, playing up there for for the uh, instead of playing UAB, you play Miles in that game. 
and splitting the game. That's a, that's a money game. If they're not coming to see the game, they come to see the band, Dr. Smith. Okay. Uh, it, those are those are little things that you can do. Hey, Alabama State Morehouse in Columbus, Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know that classic they have up there. Mm-hmm. Those are the money games that I'm looking at, and you're playing on the same level, and you're not getting your team beat up, Doctor Smith. <clears throat> I'm a firm believer in that. Now you know we look back in the day when Alabama State won the swag. What year that was? Ninety one, Doctor Smith. Yeah, ninety one. 91. Look at their schedule, Dr. Smith. Tell, tell, and you, you tell me who they played. They they played, you know, potential, potential HBCUs in their schedule. That's the year they went undefeated, right? Yeah, that's the year they went undefeated. The, the only team that you played that might have been on a level that was Division One that was probably Troy. Yeah. At the most, and we don't even play Troy anymore. Mm-hmm. Those are teams like I would play UAB. I'm gonna stay on that typical schedule when yeah. I play Troy, and I can play it at Crown Bowl if I want. They ain't even necessarily got to come to me. I name it like the, the uh, you know a classic in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. But as far as <clears throat> me going places, um, like um, who who else does Alabama State have? They had UAB. Do they have South Alabama this year? No, Florida? Florida State. They have Florida State University coming up in November, Tallahassee. And that's the last game right there. Uh right before they play uh, the uh, Turkey Day Classic. Yes. Okay, I'm saying is that the last game where they're playing a, a money, a typical money game? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> And, and that's a little out of their league right there. So for them to have three teams of that caliber on their schedule, they already lost games. You have UAB, you lost. You got Kennesaw State, you you know you lost coming in. And you got Florida State. Like, those are warm-up games for those teams. And UAB, I'm, I'm thinking they holding back. Or Alabama State just thinking they're going to beat them in the ground. You, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, you know... I, I just, I just don't agree with it, Doctor Smith. As far as as that, I, I'm not looking at the money. I'm looking at the kids, and like you're saying, I'm playing Miat versus Sweat. I'm playing Miat versus Sack. I'm playing um, Sweat versus CIAA. We don't see those schools, yep. so it'll be good for to see those schools as a recruitment for those schools up there. I remember when we lost the, the contract with Tuskegee in the 90s, mm-hmm. and we used to see Johnson P. Smith yep. and stuff like that yep. playing in Tucker Day Classic. Yeah. And, you know, the game was down-packed, and we looking, oh, they from, they from the Carolina. They got schools, they got ACCUs up there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's stuff like that. And it's a recruiting tool for those schools. So, yes, as HBCUs, we need to get on track keep money within ourselves. It's there. It's there. It's all about how you use it. Like I, I tell jokers all the time, the MEAC Squat game had a nice crowd, but if you get a neutral site that's big, they will come. If you put the big schools against each other, they will come. Southern FAMU this weekend. Yeah, That's a robbery game. That game is going to be packed. Yep. That game is going to be packed because it's a robbery game. If you're not coming to watch the game, you're coming to watch the bands play. That's, that's what people don't understand about 
HBCU bands bring crowds too. This is big as the football game. Exactly. You're right, Trey. That's all I got down You're right, Trey, and that's what it's all about. We're talking about not playing these games where you're losing players. You may make some money, but you're losing players. I just think all of the four conferences need to sit down in a powwow meeting somewhere on the beach where you want to go down uh, in North Florida where and sit down and talk about how can we make this work for us instead of going out playing these schedules that are not manageable. Those schedules not managed, but I shared I shared earlier with my team uh, in regards to Talking Sports Plus about how I thought the season would go. I said that if they didn't beat Tuskegee, they probably wouldn't win a game until they got maybe to Jackson State on October the 12th. So if that happened, well, fortunate it was a little turnaround where they was able to beat Tuskegee at a 38-31, who raised Alabama State for winning that's back-to-back. They're taking the keys back uh, to, uh, to the stadium because Tuskegee had put a sign up on Alabama State University Stadium and said, Tuskegee home. And the thing about it, they was able to win it, and that's back-to-back. But they this might be the only one. And I have faith in my team. I think it's a strong team, but you lose so many players when you play these games like the UAB, the Kennesaw State, the Tuskegee, those three, now you're going to play Grambling, high-level football in the SWAC. Alcorn, State University, high-level football. That's five games. Now, if you get out two and three, that's going to be awesome, but it's a good chance you will be one and four. And when you're one and four, then you have Jackson State coming up on the 12th, and you're talking possibly two Two and four are either one and five, and then you're going into the classic. You're going to the classic, uh, not on the 19th, but the last uh, Saturday, playing Alabama A&M with a losing record. Yeah, you've been got the money, but just be kind of careful how you're losing players. And I think we should do more for more of a, a MEAC, SWAC, CIAA, which is the Central Intercollegiate Athletic Association, and the SIAC, which is the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Association. Somebody only said, well, who are you talking about? What team? The teams that make up, uh, basically you're talking about the CIAA, you're, you're talking about the uh, teams like Fayetteville State, uh, those teams, uh, 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 Virginia State University, those Virginia Union, those teams up in that area right there that play in there. Then you're in the SIAC, that's the CIAA, SIAC. Yes, you have the Tuskegee's, you have the Morehouse, you have the Miles, you have the Clark out of Atlanta, you have uh, the teams of uh, uh, Central State University, you have Kentucky State University, you have those make up the, the SIAC, which is Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Then you have the MEAC, those those teams that held over at Howard University, and you have North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central, Bethune-Cookman, uh, you have those teams like that make out make up the uh, MEAC, which is a Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, then the SWAC, Southwest Athletic Conference, you Alabama State, Alabama A&M, the Grambling, the Southern, the Mississippi Valley, the Jackson State, the Alcorn, those are teams. We can build that situation up where we're participating against teams like that. We have a chance to have a very successful year, but also make money. It has to be a plan. So, this is something we're suggesting. We would like for it to happen instead of going playing these money games there. Oh, I went to Auburn to see him play Auburn. Man, you're getting beat 70 to seventy to, to 7. You know, there was a game early part of the year. Uh, trade, I think Maryland played Howard, and they beat them, scored 70-something points on them. 
And then... 79 to zero. 79 to zero. Then came back, scored 70 on somebody else, then went and played Temple and got beat. So we, we don't have a chance with teams like that. I know you're making the money, but I really think we can make money if we bring our historical black college and university together throughout the year and play challenges or classes or whatever you want to call it. All right, Trey, let's move to that next topic. It was about money. Should we have... Should we... Are those games that we're playing against a Division One team helping our school or hurting our schools? What's your thoughts on that? Those teams, we just briefly been talking about it, against those Division One teams like the Auburns, the Florida State, is it helping our historical black colleges and universities or hurting their programs? Well, Dr. Smith, I'm, I'm going to say they're, they're hurting our programs. Um, you, you're coming in the game knowing you're going to lose. Um, now, if you're playing a subpar team, like um, I've, I've seen the Hamptons and the Howards play a Wolf Fork or somebody of that character, you, you can probably pull one of them out. If you play like a James Madison or somebody like that, I think you could pull one of them out. But when you're just going up there to play Auburn, Florida State, um, I, I watched the Thune Cookman play Miami. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I'm not going to the game because if I'm a Thune Cookman, I'm, I'm gonna play FIU or FAU. Um, a couple of them games before I, I, I signed that contract with Miami, and I might come to them. You know, man, y'all got you just schedule four. We we got a spot open, and can y'all open up for 150,000? Uh-huh. But I'm not playing an, an elite team. Miami is getting five-star athletes, four-star athletes. I'm not playing teams that are getting caliber athletes of that one. And, and that's an issue. Let me let me go off the subject a little bit, Dr. Smith. Okay. That's an issue that UAB has with Alabama. Alabama told UAB, we're not playing one of our sister schools. So why, why are we playing you? You don't need no money. So why are we playing you? Y'all on the same level we on. We're not we're not playing y'all. We're gonna play. The only school in Alabama we're gonna play is Auburn. But now what we will play y'all in is, is basketball. Yeah. But football is out of the question. We're not playing y'all in football. <laughs> in discussion. Mm-hmm. Yep. They, they're not playing. Exactly. Alabama don't play any school in Alabama but Auburn. Yep. And, and a lot of people ain't noticed that. They won't play anybody in Alabama, the state of Alabama, but Auburn. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But um, let me go back to where we were. Um, but um, I, I'm still an advocate for the HBCU to have numerous amount of classes, Dr. Smith. If you advertise those classes right, your off your off cover schedule could be loaded with potential classes. Exactly. It's 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 pools of people ready to see HBCU, HBCU schools in classes up north. We have a class, a Circle City class in Indianapolis. It doesn't matter who's playing that game. They will have a nice crowd in the game. Because the people up there are alumnus of those schools from down south. Always. Every year. We used to have a class at Dr. Smith. You might recall this one. We used to play... Jackson State or somebody at Chicago. You, you remember that class? Yes, yes. The Soldier Field class. 
Yeah, yes, yes, sir. I remember that class. Went and to and those, those, those are games. Those are games that that have went away. I mean, those those classes right there. The, the potential, the potential that, that that we have to get stuff like that started, we don't. But we run to the money. Mm-hmm. Oh, they gonna give me five hundred thousand. But you, 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 you gotta understand, you gonna lose three and four players. Awesome, awesome. Hey, Trey, before we move forward, we have our other co-host that's joining us, and none other than, none other, let me give you an introduction, my brother, none other than our retired associate director of the Alabama High School Athletic Association as of 2018. He's enjoying retirement life now, and he's our resident high school expert. And he's known as Touchdown Tony Stallworth. Hey, Coach Stallworth, how you doing? My fellow colleagues, how we doing tonight? How we doing? Sound like everybody's doing all right right now. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about these things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, even 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 up around A and M, it sounds pretty good too, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna say nothing about that now. I'm gonna let that go, cause hey, Taylor <laughs> <Hey. laughs> got even before I can start talking. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't you heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, Coach Star, we're just talking about playing. You know, and, 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 what, and what that was, what he was saying okay. uh, just then about the HBU universities, uh, it's kind of a little bit of a gray area in there because what happened is when you're in a economic float and trying to maintain those certain number of required teams in order to fit the NCAA uh, to be classed, um, uh, or division-wise, sometimes the revenue schools have to make those, the revenue sports like football, for example, have to take that chance. And the right. You may lose one or two players here and there, but that's where it comes to being smart about how you're going to go into that. So that revenue is going to be needed because you got you got non-revenue sports. You have to lean on something. So our budget sometimes makes us make those decisions to get outside of the box and push the envelope uh, so we can try to maintain uh, some type of economic revenue for our non-revenue sport. Awesome, awesome, man. I tell you. And, and, uh, and, and we know that money is needed, but we also want to talk, and we've been talking about it for a while, Coach Stallworth as well as Coach uh, Trey, about having more of those challenges between the SWAG, the MEAC, the CIAA, and the SIC. If to offset some of the money we might be losing. Because I was sitting up in the stadium where the Coach Stallworth owned uh, last Saturday, and, you know, we can look on the other side. You probably could count the number of people on your hand and your feet together. It wasn't very many people That's came true. with Kennesaw State. So, But they said it was a 17,000 uh, uh, population in the stadium, and that was a good number compared to some stadiums I looked and saw only had 5,000. They was to consider to have big ball games. So we just need to come up with a plan, and I know it's a challenge. I know that $450,000 look good. The $780,000 you get from uh, Florida State University look good. But we also like to be on the, on the upside of winning. There's one thing I can say about the uh, Reggie Barlow, and I'm going to say this. You know, he averaged out about seven wins a year. 
And when you average out seven wins and above a year, you can keep your fans very happy. And we are just not comfortable with winning right. four and five ball games a year because that's what we're on the track to. And I just shared, and, and Coach Stallworth can kind of follow up that, you know, if we got Tuskegee, we beat Tuskegee, but we might lose the next two for sure. Gremlin and Alcorn, that puts you one and four. And if you lose against Jackson State over there at Jackson State on the 12th, uh, you're talking about one and five going into the Classic. That hurts your money at the Classic. And everybody says, oh, we're going to be there anyway. Not always now. Not always. We like to have a good, we like to have a good record going into the Classic as well as both teams playing at a high level because everybody's going to perform. The pageantry going to be there. You're going to have 100,000 people in Birmingham. Birmingham going to make money. The hotel's going to make money. But when you're not winning, people going to come. They're going to come, crank the car, get there, crank the car, and come back. But you want the festivity to be a main attraction, not only the band, but all other things going on. So we need to have a schedule fitting so we can be in that ballpark. I applaud Alabama A&M. They, they went to more of a schedule they considered to be manageable. So that puts them in a situation so they'll be playing uh, these games to get up to the classic with a good record, probably 4-1, 4-2. You know, and that looks good. Their fans going to be knocking the door down. We just have to look at some things to make sure we get on task. Alright, let us move to a uh, uh, situation in our coach's corner regarding uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, in his outburst on the sideline. What's your thoughts on that team about Jalen Ramsey? Should they trade him? Should they uh, talk, have a talk, just sit down and have a powwow and talk about what's going on, keep him around? What's your thoughts on Jalen Ramsey with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Go with your co-star wherever you'll get with you since you, you, you're with us. Thank you. Well, Jalen is probably the number one shutdown corner in the league by far. Uh, I think what's happening now to our professional sports is agents are able to keep the players abreast on their market value. And their market value is affording them an opportunity to negotiate, but I just don't think it's, they're negotiating professionally. Um, it's <laughs> It's a thin line between the Antonio Browns and and people like Ramsey. You know, the thing about it is, when you are not winning, mm. sometimes you feel like, I need to move forward, do something else. And look like I look like a lot of these things are premeditated. And I go back to Antonio, how he worked his way out of Pittsburgh and Oakland <laughs> to yeah. where he really wanted to be all the time. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, and I think what uh, the NFL is going to have to do is take another look on how I have excuse me, some type of clause in place for a timing element for players to handle those type situations. Because you know, the media gonna jump on it, and you know they're gonna add ketchup and mustard to the hot dog, and you know anything is way out there when everything could be handled. Let's be mindful that it, it, uh, the, the professional sports is nothing but a celebrity world in a way. We know that, yes, yeah. and they make so much money for or for for the for the owners. Uh, TV revenue is kicked in, <laughs> and so on. 
kind of line, you know, our aces got to get paid. And it's always one of those things. And then another thing about football, too, is like I was looking at um, um, a player today, and I obviously seen in parenthesis that his guaranteed money is no longer in existence. So Jalen Ramsey is doing like the rest of them doing. They've been used for a long time now. Let's, let's, be, let's be cognizant of that. And now they're retaliating in a sense where, look, this is my future, and one slip, I'm gone. So I got to tie up everything I can where I can uh, and prepare for that day. So it, it, it's one of those things that I think that they got to take a, uh, a pit, maybe a picture out of how the NBA keep a professional means and different means of making sure that these type of things don't take off the wrong way. But I want to tell you something. Football, and it's hard for me not to blame some of the players. I'm not the type of person that want to deal with non-character guys, but a lot of times that non-character is being used uh, as a motive of getting somebody to listen to, hey, listen. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, and all of us know that Anytime that you got a player that declare he wants to go, uh, you got to make a scene what the hell you going to do with him. <laughs> yep. Because he's already let you know he doesn't want to be there. Exactly. And then you got to pay him. So, you know, it, it, so it's time to, you're going to have to negotiate. Ain't no, ain't no turning that around. Because when you make that type of move the way that move was made, remember now, let's take a road back to two years ago. That's the same situation that Antonio Brown did on the sidelines of Pittsburgh. Am I right? You're right. You're right. So everybody, everybody, everybody's following somebody's lead. Exactly. And when they see the big, big time market players like Antonio and all of them using that motive to get out, they're going to they're gonna do the same thing. So everybody's got to come up with some type of control or give them, those players, some type of leverage of negotiating in a different manner. If not, it's going to, it's going to tell you the NFL down to players may be in four different teams in five years. Exactly. It's the way I see it. Exactly. You know. and, and on top of that, uh, Coach Ward, uh, our young people are watching these professional players. And that mm-hmm. kind of behavior, and, I, and I'm going to... I'm going to step aside and let Coach Edwards kind of share some thoughts on that. You know, how are these young people being affected by these players at that level, even though they're, you know, they're professional athletes, sometimes they forget how to be a professional because money does get in the way. That's right. You know, so you play in a zone when I need to be man-to-man because I need to keep my money up. And, I'm, you know, get that opportunity. Coach Trey, because you're dealing with a lot of younger players in the middle school level. Share your thoughts on that, Coach Trey. Um, uh, not the snuff. Mm-hmm. Sense of entitlement. That was a sense of entitlement. Um, like, like Coach Star was saying, the NFL has to get a hold on this before it gets out of control. Because you have guys like, you, you just had two. See, we ain't saying that about Mika Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah. Well, he told Miami, uh-huh. he told Miami the same thing. I want to be traded. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we also, a third one. Um, what's my guy that came from uh, South Carolina, Dr. Smith? D-Line. Uh, Big joker with the dread. That uh, played with the Houston, Houston Texans. Yeah, he ended up in Seattle now. Yeah, you know, um, I know you're talking about it. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about it. 
Yep, he pulled yeah, the same they, thing. They're, they're going, to, going to have to get a hold on this. It's going to have to be a clause in their contract to say that they're going to have to deal with it. Because anybody can say, let's cut the coach, get on me, uh, and I don't want to play for this guy. Because that's all happened with Jalen Williams. You had a big blow up with your, with your, your, your coach. Your individual coach, your DB coach, your position coach. And, and you know, you, you, you look at that type stuff, and that can happen on any team going. So your, your best your best route for that is, I want to get around him. You ain't looking at where are you going. You ain't looking at the clout of the, the other person you're going to. You just got to get from around that person. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's, a, that's the tough part about coaching professionals. Nick Saban told y'all, hey, I can't do it because you don't have a hold on them. They're grown men and they're professionals. They're making more money than you. So they're going to do what they want to do. Exactly. That, that's the hardest job for me. Like To me, I, I'm not inspiring to be a NFL coach. That's just, that's just not in me. I, I can't do nothing with a grown man. That's making more money than me, Dr. Smith. That's true. That, and, and, and this is the key, Dr. Smith. Mm-hmm. They probably know more than me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say it like that. They probably know more than you. Because I, I look at LeBron James and these superstars play basketball and look at, what can I say to him? Yeah. That man draw he, he the, the boy and draw, draw his own play up. <laughs> So it, it, it's only so much we can do. Like, how much coaching are these professional coaches doing? And, and, and that's the key. I'm going to give y'all the key. Uh-huh. When the ones that are coaching do it, a lot of people have a problem with it. Exactly. When Popovich, Popovich at the Spurs, does his thing, if you got a problem, you're getting out of there. When, when, um, Peter Jackson, did this thing, if you had a problem with you got out of there. Mm-hmm. Point blank. They were coach heavy team. You knew the coaches they coach. And you knew the player coaches. Exactly. I'm just here because the players like awesome. you, you know it. You, you watch it. Yes. Like, but, but that's all I got, Dr. Smith. So awesome. they're going to have to get a hold on the NFL NBA players too. They, they, they ask for trade requests. You know, I can't deal you right now. You're going to have to deal with it. And they don't deal with it. They won't play. Like you said, Coach Stowers, they won't play. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And the thing, is, they, the thing is, the reason why the owners will have to acknowledge it is because when the ship is sinking and you got players of that caliber that you know don't want to be there, then what you got to do is you got to count. You can't ignore that because you can get a one or two first-round draft choices and get this joke on out of here. Mm-hmm. Look at what you need to do with your organization, support coaching staff, and keep going because you don't ever see an NFL team just actually fold because of losing season. I haven't seen that. I don't know what y'all. I've never seen one I just fold because of losing season. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it's it's it's, a, it's, a, it's becoming a becoming a negotiating business because when that guaranteed money run out and an injury hits you, you better have it where it needs to be. Exactly. Or. Exactly. They can't do nothing else to make a living. Dr. Smith and I can go out, go back and teach the class half a day. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and contract here and there. 
these guys don't know and don't even want to think of doing anything else less than what they've already been afforded in their income status because that's like suicide it is. So it's, exactly. it's one of those situations where that needs to be looked at real, real careful because it's going to really destroy the, the, the nature of that sport. It really is. Exactly. Okay. Nobody wants to be there with this. Nobody wants to be on the ship with a thing. Nobody. No one. No one. <laughs> because you got no bag of this. That's right. That's right. Titanic. Okay, let's quickly, we're going to move uh, Coach Stallworth to our high school and Coach Edwards. You're going to share some thoughts about the high school. We're going to be down about three minutes, four minutes left on our time. What's uh, what's the news? Stol- uh, our resident expert, Coach Stallworth, as well as Coach DeKean Edwards, can you share some thoughts on the high school? Well, let's, let's, I'll roll right quick with that. In 78, uh, you got to look at Thompson now. Thompson had a big win a couple weeks ago with uh, over Hoover. Of course, we got to look at one thing. Hoover still stands tall when it, when it, when it, when the uh, when the championship time. But I like Mountain Brook being a basketball school being four zero right nine seven eight. Since the thing six three and one, we know where that loss came from. Then McGill Tulin from Mobile is right there in the thick of things. Surprise or not, Doctor Smith, mm-hmm. uh, we got a big one coming up in uh, next Thursday night with Lee Montgomery and Carl, and they are both undefeated. Oh, Hopefully, okay. they can stay that way. Okay. Six, yeah, six six eight. I'm looking at Pittsburgh Valley, uh, right in the thick of things, 3 and 1. However, you know, they play outside their league. Open like them. Alive. In 6 a one uh, 5 is interesting, though. Ramsey, known for for basketball, is at 3. And we're looking at Demopolis. And we're looking at a situation where Biker is rolling down there. You have them right. I think you have them right, if I'm thinking right, it's two times the finish state champion yes, back, back to back. It's number back. one. In Fourway, and believe it or not, Catholic High School for Montgomery. Montgomery being represented well, both 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 private schools and uh, public schools. Because Catholic is number three, and what really interests me is in the top twenty-five in high school. You got Thompson, you got Central City, City, you got Hulu, you got Hewitt Trussell, and Trey. Look, you got some Sparkman, and you got. Left cross in, I said, wait a minute now, Huff was being represented here a little bit. James Fleming. Yeah, James Fleming. Three, Flomerton. That's a surprise. Uh, Piedmont. We know Piedmont is always bred in the ticket thing. Pike County. Pike County, one of those teams you're going to identify with. Oh, yeah. Used to be what? About 15 or 16 strong. Yeah, 15 players. Yes, <laughs> sir. St. David, number eight. Another prize is out of Montgomery. Seattle Miller's undefeated, as I almost mentioned. Now, Laverne is, is real tough at 2A. Remember, Laverne, from my school, went to the finals last year with fight. Fight number one. Fifth game next week between Laverne and Bradley. And there's a possibility that both of them will be undefeated. Speaking of 1A, Mark Hill Bible. What is seven versus up there, aren't they? Yes, number sir. one in Maplefield, regardless of who coaches, they're right there at number two. And Swiftwater struggled last week with Millery. And Millery is an honorable mention. Uh-huh. And Bradley number four. Now, let me just say this. 